this wonderful Thanksgiving Sunday. A little cool outside, but it's a perfect day for a walk later on. Peace, please join with me in the call to worship found in your bulletin. Let us make a joyful noise to the Lord. Let us serve the Lord with gladness and come into God's presence to sing. The Lord is good. It is God who made us, and we are His. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Let us enter God's gates with thanksgiving and God's courts with praise. Let us pray. Dear Lord, on this Thanksgiving Sunday, in our loving sanctuary, we bow our heads and give our hearts to you in prayer. We give thanks for all you have done for us, for beauty and nature, for joy, friends and family. And responding to your call this hour, help us to slow down for just a moment so that we may listen to you, take more notice, and truly respect what you offer for our lives. Help us in this way to put our lives back into healthy perspective and into your healing, whole and holy under you, so that we may flourish and be fully alive, fully giving, and fully responsive to those we love, to those who suffer in so many ways. And so God, as we treasure this time for all these reasons, help us to let your spirit in, that we may become lovingly transformed and reshaped as we radiate all your lives and you with great thanks and great giving and love. We pray that, may we pray this together as Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. The land is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen.
So you know what gives me hope, faith, peace, and love and joy is you folks, you guys. Thank you so much. <clears throat> I am thankful for you. Happy almost Thanksgiving, everybody. Boy, is it great to be together. Um, I'm going to invite you. I have a few uh, announcements to share with you. As I share these, let me invite you to please take your friendship registers in the inside, outside aisles of your pews. Um, and uh, if you are a visitor especially, um, just you know, jot your email address or your address, and we can keep you in the loop of what is going on here. And welcome to everybody who is here in person and on live stream. Um, and I want to thank... First of all, let's see, for we, after service, we have our fellowship hour, and I want to thank Yogesh and Crystal, um, who are the volunteers for putting on our fellowship hour. Thank you so much. Um, volunteers are needed and welcome to, to help the, um, our fellowship committee with that. So please consider that and sign up, and it's a great thing to do with other people, too. Um, so please read your, read your bulletins very, very thoroughly, um, because there is so much going on um, at this time of year. Um, and um, I just want to, one of, the, one of the things that's going on is that you'll notice that Julianne is not here this morning. Um, Julianne has got COVID last week. Um, so that's what's going on. Paul DePrado got COVID and a number of our church members got COVID. So yes, and I see a mask going on here, um, very wise. Um, so um, please keep healthy, please keep safe. Uh, after church today, along with Fellowship Hour, we also have our Thanksgiving baskets um, that are going to be put together with the Board of Missions and also with any of you who would like to participate in that, and that's going to be taking place in our library, our Thanksgiving baskets. Thank you very much for contributing all of the elements um, to this that we put to, we're going to put together and give to um, many, many people in need, and we do that through our organizations that we serve. You can read details in the bulletin. And um, we also, we had the special song from the teen and junior and cherub choir. We also have another special song today in our service, and that is Window to My Soul. That um, was written a number of years ago by Perry Spate, who wrote the music, Hank Greer, who wrote the words, um, our poet in residence, um, the beautiful, uh, the wonderful musical team of Spate and Greer. And um, we, it was sung for many years by our, at the time, soprano soloist, Natalie Cappiello. Um, Natalie is watching us on live stream this morning, so hello, Natalie. Um, and Hank Greer, you know, you don't get to get here very often, I know, um, because it takes a tremendous amount of effort. God bless you. Thank you. It is great to see you, Hank. <laughs> and with hearts overflowing with thanks, um, I just want to thank Philip Betancourt, who's going to be singing it along with our, so thank you, Philip, and thank you to our choir, who is going to be singing um, singing that as well. So, um, so many things. December 4th, which is two Sundays from today, we're going to be having our, brace yourselves, our Advent workshop is going to be two Sundays from now. Check out those details and you want to sign up for that wonderful time. Gingerbread workshop is December 11th, so check that out. 
Um, our giving tree for Christmas, giving Christmas to people who are in need. Our giving tree is going up next Sunday, a week from today on November 27th, where you can take a tag from a tree and it describes the need of the gift recipient. And we are giving those gifts to people um, within Adam J. Lewis Academy and Mercy Learning Center. Um, and um, so check that out. And when the kids leave today, the pageant rehearsal begins. So um, if you have, if you are a child, if you have a child here, if you want to get them involved, please bring them and speak to Philip or just, you know, head off to, uh, is it in the chapel? Head off to the chapel. Um, and then tonight, this is going to seem really early, but it's coming, is a church decorating party here at seven o'clock. So we would love to have volunteers to come and Christmatize this, uh, our church because next Sunday, a week from today, is the beginning of Advent. It's the first Sunday of Advent. And in between, Thanksgiving and Thursday. Um, and then next Sunday, we have a very special gift from our senior choir. And then I want to, um, I want to close things with a wonderful celebration Laura has another one in the pastoral prayer, but um, I was just given this on my way in, and you know that this is hot news, that Tiffany and Joe Weitzer had their baby, and her name is Delilah. So God bless you, Tiffany and Joe and the Weitzer family, and little baby Delilah. Delilah. Mm-hmm, Delilah, I got none. And then I'm just riffing until Laura just comes here. There we go. Um, yes, as Paul mentioned, so before I invite the kids to come up, parents, please let your children know either, yes, they are in the pageant on December 18th, or they need to go with Sydney um, when she breaks off. So make sure they understand which, which group they're going to. So come on down, kidlets. All right, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Nice. All right, we're going to do something different today. We're going to start off with a poem. You're going to repeat after me. Ready? As you go through life, make this your goal to look at the donut and not the hole. What does that mean? What does that mean? Look for the good and not the bad. It's beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. Amen. We're done. Nicely done. <laughs> this is, as Paul just mentioned, the week of Thanksgiving, right? I know. Don't worry. You're all going to get a donut. So stay with me. <laughs> stay with me. I promise you. Donuts for all. If you stay with me. All right. So this is Thanksgiving week. And I got to thinking about how in life, what sets you apart, each one of you, is your love for God and God's love for you, right? God's love for you is as unique as you are. 
And I got to thinking about how important it is to remember all the things that we are thankful for in our lives, no matter what it is, right? It's hard to do. Being thankful in hard times is hard. But life isn't without hard times, just like this wouldn't be a donut without the hole, right? Sometimes in life, and you'll meet them, you'll know them. There are people who only can see the hole. There are. There are just people. How many of you know who Eeyore is? There are just some people that are a little bit Eeyore. You know, they have a hard time. So when you, if you are an Eeyore and you're looking at this donut and all you're seeing is the hole, how do you think you feel? Sad. How else? Upset. Upset. Ripped off. Man, I didn't get a whole donut. Well, no, because if you had a whole donut, it wouldn't be a donut. It would be a muffin. Right? Angry. Right? So there's someone who I think may be watching us on uh, live stream today, a friend of yours, actually, whose name is Sophie Sparaza. And Sophie got struck with appendicitis this week. You know what appendicitis is? There's this little organ inside of you. It goes bad. You have to have it out. It's an operation. But you recover and you get better. So I was, we were talking with Sophie's mom. And she was saying how thankful they are to be living in a place and a time in which there is the medical care to take care of appendicitis. Now, how could they have been thinking about all of this? What do you think, Mikhail? Like, this is terrible. How come this happened to me? How could this have happened right before Thanksgiving? Why my child? Right? There are all those whole thoughts that they could have had. Oh, but they chose to have the blessing thoughts. And I thought that is just such a good thing to remember. Now, let's talk about school. Donut or hole? It's a donut. I'm going to help you understand why it's a donut. Because there are lots of kids in this world who don't get to go to school. They can't go to school for all sorts of different reasons. Maybe they're too sick. Maybe they live in areas in which there are no schools. Maybe they're too poor to afford the items that you need to go to school, the clothes, the pens, the pencils, the crayons, the paper, the notebooks. Lots of places don't give those supplies to kids. They don't have them. They don't have them. It's hard to go to school. Some schools don't have access to books. So school is not a whole. It is a blessing. It is a blessing. It is something very special that you guys get without even thinking about it. Let's talk about the food that's going to show up on your table on Thanksgiving Day. What's going to be there? Go, name something. Turkey. Turkey. Mashed potatoes. Stuffing. What is it? Cow meat. Cow meat? OK, I don't know what's happening in your house. I'm going to ask. Ginger, gingerbread turkey? Yeah. Oh, like a cookie in the shape of a turkey? Yeah. Nice. Too much. 
Too much food is going to be on the Yule's table. Just saying. Too much. Too much food on the table can be a donut or it can be a hole, right? It can be a blessing because you have all this food. It can be a hole because then you walk around going, boom, boom, I ate so much, right? But what's happening in the world around us that we need to remember on Thanksgiving Day especially? Some people don't have the amount of food that you have. Some people have no food at all, right? So sometimes we have too much. And it, we look at that. Having too much is a whole, but it's not. It's a donut, too. It's a blessing, and it reminds us that there are others who don't have food, and then what do we do as good Christians? We give some food away to make sure that everybody that can can have food, right? All right. Let's say a prayer together as we head into this Thanksgiving week. Dear God, we are blessed in so many ways. Help us to remember all the blessings we do have. I know, that was a long one. And not to forget the challenges because there can be blessings inside of them as well. So thank you, God, for your love for us. And help us to always remember, as we go through life, make this our goal, to look at the donut and not the hole. Amen. All right, you're going to go with Sydney off to chapel where there are donuts.
Please be seated. As we come to this time of prayer and meditation, I ask for you to keep um, some specific people in your prayers, Sophie Sparaza um, and her mom and dad, Amy and Greg, and her little brother, William, as she recovers from her appendicitis. Uh, Carol Ketchum, um, a member of our church, had a fall earlier um, in October, and she is at Carrollton convalescing, so we send all her, our love uh, to Carol and her family. Those in our church family um, and our community who are still getting COVID and recovering from COVID, prayers for them. Those in our church family getting medical treatment for cancer, Steve Weitzer and others, and then those in our church family who have recovered from their battles with cancer. We give special praise to God for that as well. And then um, Paul mentioned one, but now I believe there are four. Delilah brings us to four babies that we are going to give thanks for today. We have Delilah, whose grandparents are Steve and Grace Weitzer. We have Madeline Aubrey McClendon, whose grandparents are Jack Leslie and Caroline Peck. Um, Jack's daughter, Finn, uh, gave birth to Madeline. We have William Windsor Gesswine, grandson of Martha and Dwight Gesswine, and Brooklyn Michelle Bowers. Um, Brooklyn is the daughter of Christine Recito and Josh Bowers, and grandparents are Tony and Vicki Recito. So lots of great um, prayers of thanksgiving for four beautiful, healthy babies. And then also prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving for Janet Reed, um, who had corneal transplant on Tuesday and is at home recovering well. So with those prayers and then the prayers that are within your own hearts, let's take this time to lift them all to God. Let us pray. Wow, God, what a gift today is. Such a gift to be able to wake up, first of all, and to wake up in a beautiful, comfortable home, and to feel warmth and comfort, and to be able to open our eyes and see the glory of your creation, to hear the sounds of birds and life bustling around us, and to feel, to feel the cool air, feel the touch of a loving hand, to receive a friend's smile or even a stranger's smile, and then to uplift them with the same. This day, God, is a gift to be able to walk through and to express our thoughts and to create with our hands and our minds, both in our work and in our play. Today is a gift, God, in which we will be able to solve problems, to feel gratitude deeply, and to give thanks for the gifts of others. And yes, God, we are so grateful for so many, those who prepare our food, those who build our houses, those who educate our children, those who heal the hurting, those who serve the needy, 
those who provide shelter for the homeless, those who visit the imprisoned, those who protect us all. We have so much to be grateful and thankful for, God. And yes, this day, God, is a gift to be one of those who can not only see and hear and feel and walk, but to be one of those who can be in your service as helpers, as givers. This is a true gift, God, and we are so thankful. As we head into the celebration of Thanksgiving, we take time to lift and support and nurture the lives of our neighbors in need through gift baskets and food drives and donations to pantries. And we are so thankful, God, that we have the resources to do that. This is a gift from you, God, this beautiful day. And from the moment we rise until the moment we close our eyes only to open them once again, we give thanks to you for the wonderful things that will happen, for the challenging things that will happen, for your opportunity to help us not only help ourselves, but to help our neighbors. Because God, you let us know very clearly that our purpose here is to love you and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So please, God, reach into our hearts and make us just a little uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable with the suffering that we see in this world around us. So that we may be moved to action this week to fulfill our purposes as your hands and feet on earth. And may you continue, God, to inspire us to give us your spirit and your strength, your courage, and to make us strong and more open and more willing to know the loving gift of what it means to be your hands and your heart so that we may serve this world that you have created with joy, hand in hand, and in love. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite songs is the one we sang this morning as our processional hymn, We Gather Together. We gather together to ask the Lord's blessing. He forgets not his own. As God doesn't forget any one of us, let us not forget those who are in need and who benefit from the great works of this church. In that spirit of ample gratitude and blessing, this morning's offering will be received.
Let us join together in the unison prayer of dedication. God of all blessings, we lovingly share our gifts because our thanksgiving is a way of life and faith. 
and not just a holiday. Our giving is our expression of our gratitude and joy. With this spirit, may you accept our gifts of love and thanks and make them a gift of your love and blessings for the benefit of others. Amen. Our scripture reading uh, that you have in your bulletins this morning is about Jesus and ten lepers. And before we read this together, there are a couple things that uh, I can share that will help this passage make more sense. And the first is that not surprisingly, uh, leprosy back in those days was uh, largely misunderstood because people didn't know what it was and they feared it. And people being people, when you don't know what something is, you not only fear it, but they feared the people who had it. And folks back then believed that the reason why you got leprosy was because you had done something bad, and so you were being punished. They also believed, and this time rightly so, that it was contagious, which it is, but not nearly to the extent that, that they understood. And so people with leprosy had to live set apart in leper colonies. And not only that, but there was a law that if you had leprosy, you had to keep a certain physical distance uh, from other people. And if somebody got close to you, even if it was because of them, even if they did it by accident, you as the leper, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean. And if you didn't, and this is why in the scripture passages it said they were keeping their distance from Jesus, because if you didn't, you would be punished. And then third, if by chance, which sometimes uh, would happen if you had leprosy and it happened to clear up on its own, and you wanted to re-enter society, you'd have to get clearance from, of all things, the temple priest. And the temple priest, right, a little, little odd, except that they thought you had done something bad. So you got clearance from the temple priest, and the temple priest will give you a certificate that you had to carry with you. And then fourth, uh, even though most people had it for life because there was no cure like many things today, it is completely curable with medicine. As a matter of fact, in 1873, um, we don't hear of leprosy usually anymore because from 1873, it's now actually referred to as Hansen's disease. Ah, after the scientist who discovered the bacteria that causes it. And then very recently, between 1994 and 2004, over 20 million people in the world were cured of leprosy, leaving only about 2 million cases remaining worldwide. So, what the world had been plagued with for thousands of years has now, in the last 20 years, 
been reduced dramatically. And that makes me think of a couple of things. For one thing, it makes me think, what makes something a miracle? Another thing it makes me think of when we get barraged with, with news of how terrible things are these days, are we also living in miraculous times? Third thing it makes me wonder about is, can we sometimes be grateful for what we don't have and what we never even think about? A lot of questions. So with this little background, let's read our scripture passage together. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, and keeping their distance, they called out to him, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to the one, Get up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless our understanding of this word of abundant life. So in a moment, we are going to start out with a little fun. Uh, one of my favorite things in elementary school was the day they showed a movie. <laughs> and we're going to start out by watching a very short little video clip. And it's a little exercise about how well can you keep your focus and pay attention and as we're watching this, there are going to be two groups of people. There are people in the white shirts and there are people in dark shirts. And the exercise is going to be if you can count how many times the people in the white shirts pass the ball. You have to focus because things move fast. And another thing that's critical, especially when you're, when you're watching this, is if you know the answer, don't say anything, because it's no fun to have that person sitting next to you. So, let's watch the clip. This is an awareness test. How many passes does the team in red? The answer is 13. 
see the moonwalking bear? It's easy to miss something you are not looking for. What you look for in life changes what you see. So what are you looking for? What are you focusing on in your life? What are you focusing on that might be affecting what you see and what you don't see? So as Many of you know, um, for a number of years, I served as a chaplain for the FBI. And one of the things that happened immediately when I, when I started this was that I instantly developed a tremendous compassion for the agents, and actually for everyone in law enforcement. Because I began to see things differently from that point of view. And what I became sensitive to was the fact that obviously when you're in that field, you are trained to look for bad things. You spend your days and you spend years looking for people who are hiding things, trying to spot the lie, trying to catch people who are trying to get away with things, trying to prevent people who are trying to hurt other people and sometimes succeed and hurt some people very, very badly. And so they investigate that close up. And as a result, there are a lot of traumatic aftermaths. And so because you see that so much, and that's what you're looking for, and you're trained to be on high alert for the bad in life and the danger, the problem is that this way of living, this way of looking at life, becomes such a part of who you are that you can't turn it off in your downtime. You can't turn it off when you're trying to relax, when you're with family, with loved ones. And that often leads to a hard way of going through life and relationships. So hard, as it turns out, that in law enforcement, you are seven times more likely to die from a self-inflicted gunshot than you are by getting killed from a bad guy. That is a high price to pay. What you look for in life plays a huge role in cultivating your joy or your cynicism, in creating an internal environment of hope 
Faith or Eeyore, seeing the whole despair. So what do you notice? What do you notice as you go through these days? You know, when, when you think about how, what you talk about and what you remember, do you seem to remember and do you seem to talk about the problems, how hard life is? Everything that went wrong? I do sometimes. People say, how are you doing? And I recognize that sometimes I start sharing. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's been kind of tough and so forth, whatever. It doesn't help me. You know, I, I hear people say, and we get in these conversations, like, boy, what a day. And sometimes, you know what's weird about us as human beings? Sometimes we even try to outdo each other, don't we? You think your day was bad. <laughs> like, what are we doing? We're trying to top the bad day. Listen to this. Now, the ironic thing, here's the, it's, it's funny, it's irony. So, what you are going to hear, <laughs> this is the irony, is that the day before Thanksgiving, this Wednesday, at least some of you are going to be hearing somebody say, have you seen the people at the grocery store? <laughs> it was a madhouse. They were like sharks. It was mayhem. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> right? Heaven and hell, turn of the mind. So do you notice the bad things or the blessings? The hole or the donut. What you lost or what you have. You focus on what you can do or what you can't do. Okay. But what if it wasn't a good year? Can you still have a posture of, of blessing, of thanksgiving? I ask myself these things a lot. I wonder, do I need an abundance of blessings in order to be satisfied? And if so, how much? What's that level? How many blessings? How much is enough? I like the saying that, that goes, happiness is not getting what you want. It's wanting what you've got. So what's enough? A car? A warm house? Maybe a warm house with a warm garage. If I just had that. But is a one-car garage really enough? Because it doesn't even fit my two cars. Tough. Tough, I tell you. But if I had a three-car garage, I would have everything. I know people with four-car garages. <laughs> but I don't want to be greedy, so I'm going to be happy with a two-car garage. How many blessings are enough? So, I was thinking about things last week, and I was looking something up, and you know that fortunately now, 
74% of the people in the world have access to safe drinking water. I heard that, and I thought, 74%, that's great. What do you focus on? It also means that 26% of the people in the world do not have access to fresh water. 26%. So I got in touch with Jack Leslie, who's here. Why? He serves on the global board of water.org, water.org. Look it up. So I'm talking to him yesterday about this because it got to me emotionally. He said 711 million people that they work with don't have access to fresh drinking water. He just got back from a board meeting in Brazil. In low-income countries, unsafe water sources account for 6% of their deaths. I was thinking, six out of 100 people who die in those countries are dying because of what? They're dying because of water. I'm not talking heart attacks, cancer, accidents. Dying because they don't have access to clean water. And you know what? In having that rise to my consciousness, it made me look at things differently. And it made me feel very, very differently inside. It made me feel uneasy. It brought some tears to my eyes. And so I think about two things. One was, one was the last time I was thankful when I turned on a faucet. And I never even thought about the clear water that was coming out. How much is enough? I thought, what kind of blessing does it take to ignite my gratitude? Ten were healed, and they were jumping for joy, but only one returned and did something in addition to that. So number one, thanks. And then number two, what hit me with this uncomfortable feeling inside was, does it stop there? Is gratitude and saying thank you to God a complete response to, wow, aren't I blessed? Lucky me, thank you, God. Sorry for those other people, but thank you. Lucky me. I felt like there's something incomplete in that. So now that I know this difference in researching about this water and talking to Jack, stopping with lucky me and thank you just didn't feel complete. 
So there's the first part, thanks, and there's second part. The thing that completes the circus, the circuit, is giving. Part one is thanks, but part two is giving. Now, great thing is, you can go to water.org and you can make a gift. And so as I'm thinking about all this and everything, it's like I'm feeling compelled to do something. I can't just know this and not do anything. So I went on and made a gift from the church, and I went on and I made a personal gift. And the interesting thing is, is um, this process that you've gone through yourselves, and when you keep upping the gift <laughs> until you kind of hit the level where you go, I'm feeling the impact of this in a good way. And that is satisfying. I thought about our scripture. You know, when it says that 10 were healed, it's interesting, 10 are healed, one came back. So 10 are healed physically, but to the one who came back after he did the extra mile, let's say, efforts and awareness, he said to this one, your faith has made you well. He was already physically better, as were the other nine. There's something inside of him, the thing that made him come back and express and take the effort. That's what made him well. And there's a difference between merely physically going along in life and that feeling of completeness. It's part two that gives us that completeness in part one. Tell you a few other things that stirred me at the same time. It stirred me to look more, and so I, I checked some things out, and I checked the fact that half of the world, half the people in the world earn less than $3,900 a year. Half of the people and below. How many blessings? How much is enough? What do I do about that? Thanks? What's giving? Of course, I thought, that's why we're here. That's what we do. You know, we're all jumping up and down for joy, like the 10. We thoroughly appreciate our blessings. We thoroughly appreciate what's been given to us, what we've earned, what we've worked hard for. And then, as people of faith, we go on to the next step to complete the circuit. That's what we do here. We give. We help. We lift people up. People who are in need. People who have gotten out of prison and have been down and they need a job. They need a chance. They need training. They need food. They need community. Hang time. People who've messed up, who've tried hard, who still end up homeless and without a job. We express our gratitude from our souls. We give our thanks with our giving. We help people who don't have enough. Enough food. Enough food. Don't have enough food. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that 
that you, you, you work and you, and you try your best and everything, and then when it gets to the end of it, you don't have enough money to be able to get enough food. That blows my mind. We give our thanks to help people who need a coat. That blows my mind. Not the latest in fashion, not couture, just a coat. Something to fend off the cold, we get that. We give that. Thanks plus giving. Water, food, warmth. What's enough? Certainly that doesn't happen here in our country. Um, I never, I'll never forget the time when a number of years ago, we were on the Indian Reservation, and it was on the, the previous one that we go to, Cheyenne River, right? Um, that's, that's further away from everything. Um, Laura, Laura's leg got, got really whacked hard by, um, by a really, really heavy table that came down on it, so we took her to the hospital. And we saw somebody, but the person wasn't a doctor. They hadn't had a doctor for a while. And this person said, you need an x-ray. We have an x-ray machine. We just don't have a radiologist to look at it. You need crutches. We don't have any crutches. So we're sorry. The next closest place to go to was two hours and 45 minutes away. We were fortunate enough to have a car. And I thought, what do you do if you don't have the money for a car? to get crutches, to go to a doctor. And then I thought, man, what do you do if you do have a car and then it breaks down and, and, and you don't have the money to get the car fixed? We also help people get their cars fixed so they can keep going. You have helped people, something you don't know, to help other people get their cars fixed so they can get going. We help people with Medicare. I mean, not Medicare, medical care. We don't help people with Medicare. <laughs> this is what happens with your giving. Thanks and giving. What is enough? So I'm thankful for fresh water. A car that runs doctors, central heat, antibiotics, the ability to help, the ability to give, the privileged position, and feeling that healing take place inside of me when I do. As Laura mentioned, one of the young kids in church ends up with appendicitis, has to go to the hospital, and their response was thankfulness and gratitude. And I thought, what happened to human beings, to children and adults? For most of our six million years of history when you got appendicitis and you can't do surgery. Simple aptendectomy. There's thanks and there's giving. Doing what we can. Jackets, meals, encouragement, counseling. How to get out of a life rut how to interview for a job, Thanksgiving baskets that we're putting together. 
Can you imagine that the only way that you're going to get a Thanksgiving meal is if somebody gives it to you? What a strange position to be in. Same for Christmas. We're starting our Christmas giving tree next week. Lifting others up by giving our thanks. So here's your blessing for today and this week and beyond. May you be blessed to give to the point that you can feel the impact of your gratitude. Because we are those 10 lepers in so many ways. May we also be the one who came back. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. As we go from this place, my God, what a gift we have to just be able to wake up in the morning, see the sunshine, feel the warmth or the cold, the snow, the rain, all of it. And then to be able to turn around with these incredible gifts that God gives us and pours upon us day after day, and share those gifts, that love, that light, 
with everyone in the world, raising up those who are down, giving support to those who are in need, courage, confidence, so that they can know the love and the beauty of life as well. That is our gift. May we go from this place with God's blessing, God's courage, God's love, in our minds, and our hearts, and our souls, and our hands, now and forevermore, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.